Uh, excuse me. Sir? I was wondering if you might recognize a girl in this photograph. ¿Qué carajo estás haciendo aquí? ¡Lárgate, cabrón! Sorry to have bothered you. Freeze! I said freeze! Welcome to another spooky episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Oh, every time, every time you're going to cause someone to get a heart attack. But uh, Jeremy Gregory, not that guy, but he is also not here. Uh, so instead, we've got another guest from our Discord, uh, and, and he's been on the show before, at least as a, an interview regarding a game. Uh, we've got Logan joining us this time. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Happy Halloween. You're giving me a run for my money in the scare department. I was pretty spooked when you came on, but yeah, I had yeah. to one up you, buddy. Oh, shit. Well, uh, hey, this guy's this guy's not allowed back. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> we will see how it goes for this whole episode. Uh, this this thankfully this episode we're going to be talking about. You know, we did a Silent Hill last episode, and we're going to get back into mm -hmm. Silent Hill in one second. But the other series we kind of been doing every year is the last couple of years we've done Resident Evils. We did Resident Evil One, mm -hmm. and then we did mm -hmm. Code Veronica last year. So this year, uh, to coincide with Silent Hill Four. We're doing uh, a coverage of Resident Evil 4, a game that I know Logan knows better than anyone I've ever met. Uh, we were just talking about it all week, and he knows the names of everything, and I know the names of nothing. So we're going to get into Resident Evil 4 very shortly. But since we did cover Silent Hill last week, or yeah. last episode, conveniently, there was a giant Silent Hill-like multimedia event where they've announced a whole bunch of new things uh which we didn't know was coming uh you know in fact we even said like oh when we, everyone if you're going to play a silent hill you should play silent hill 2 there were you know four is fine but if you're going to just pick one two is the one to play and so the first thing that comes out is this announcement that they're redoing silent hill 2 as a ps5 exclusive uh looks like they changed a few things but otherwise i mean i i was happy to see that announcement but it also didn't blow my pants off yeah yeah no i agree no, and, and anybody, I mean, it looks nice, right? It does. It looks pretty. I mean, anybody that's been out in dating scene knows that something can look pretty and fucking, you know, not be a good time at all. But I, I, Silent Hill 2 Remake, I, I'm going to remain, of all the things we're talking about, I think the most cautiously optimistic about this one. I mean, they tried to give us those fucking, those, those remasters, and we saw how that turned out. So they're going back to the drawing board. Maybe we, I don't know. Maybe we'll get us a proper one. I, I, at the same time, as much as I love Silent Hill 2, it's my, my favorite in the series, one of my favorite games, I haven't really clamored for a, re, for a remake of it. Like it's, I, I think it's fine. And I, don't uh, know, yeah. I, I think it might lose something when it's fucking nice and shiny and fucking with a, a new-gen sheen to it. 
I legitimately think like that game didn't need a remake. If they could, mm-hmm. if any Silent Hill game could benefit from a remake, it mm-hmm. would probably be Silent Hill One, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's old, it's clunky, it's mm-hmm. it could it could totally be revamped. Silent Hill Two didn't need it, but I'm up like I'll still play it. I'll take it. I, yeah, I'll definitely take it. It's it's a polished version of a game I love. You know, mm-hmm. gonna end up buying it anyway, but mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> well. Th- I was excited about it, and I thought that was the event. I thought they were going to say, oh, we're remaking Silent Hill 2, and, you know, hey, here's a Silent Hill figure you can buy for your house for $4,000 or something. So I was like, ah, this is going to be pretty lame. But they actually announced a whole bunch of new Silent Hill properties. Now, mm-hmm. I am optimistically interested mm-hmm. in what's coming, because mm-hmm. they showed a little bit of a new game that looks very Silent Hill style called uh, Silent Hill Townfall. Didn't really give you a lot of details, except that it, there would be more details coming. But it looks like uh, a new Silent Hill, right? So, sure, I'll take that for what it is. Um, apparently, Team Bloober is working on on uh, the, the Silent Hill 2 remake, and I think this as well. So, it, we'll see what this is. Uh, don't have enough to say. I just like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that there's something more coming for Silent Hill, and not just a bunch of remakes. I like remakes, but I also like when they do something new. Uh, the the other things they announced was uh, some multimedia group experience called Silent Hill Ascension that I'm guaranteeing you is some sort of iPhone game. Uh, now, I will mean, it be good I, or I, not? I'm assuming, I'm assuming maybe it's a, you know, get, get you a nice uh, Silent Hill version of Pokemon Go. You know, as long as it's not a pachinko machine, I'll give it a <laughs> shot, I guess. Well, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> They'll definitely be asking me for my money. I can guarantee you that more than once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it could be interesting. I, I don't know exactly what it is. If it is Pokemon Go and Silent Hill, that sounds terrifying, to be honest, but I'd still at least like to see what it is. It could be really neat. I don't know. I, I'm not going to write it off, but it's the one that I'm like, yeah, this could either never show up or it's going to end up being, yeah, Pokemon Go or like the Poke, uh, the, the Pikmin app that's very similar where you just yeah. walk around and you plant flowers and you basically just count your steps. Uh, I do use that because I, it gives me a reason to leave my house, but it you know, if someone told me that was the next, you know, level of Pikmin, I'd be very disappointed. So if Ascension is anything like that, we'll, we'll see what goes. Uh, and then uh, a, a new movie that is uh, Return to Silent Hill. Apparently it is a continuation or at least tied somehow to the original Silent Hill movie. Uh, that could be fine. I don't know. We, we covered the Silent Hill movie here a couple of, episodes, a couple of years ago as a bonus show uh, for Retrovaniacs Go to the Movies. And it, it we didn't hate it. it. There were some things that were done really well. It had some neat imagery. So I'll... Sure. You know, I watch well worse movies. I watched one today. Pretty sure I watched a Bad Ben last week. All these movies are <laughs> well worse. Than, uh... I, I still got to catch Bad Ben 10. Uh, I, I do. And I, I, uh... Funny thing about the Silent Hill movie. It was actually uh, filmed in my hometown here in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Get that. I thought you were oh. ready to launch in and talk about bad, give us some Bad Ben trivia. That is pretty cool, though. <laughs> uh, it is. It is pretty cool. Um, it, it yeah, the aesthetic that fits all the all like the old school buildings of my town lend to the to the movie very well. And um, well, the think, the the endless the endless amounts of fog and and pyramid headed monsters also. Yeah, little babies with their arms tied together yeah. and they cry ash and yeah, mm-hmm. crazy over here in Canada, man. No, normally that's not a positive, but in this case, huge draw, huge draw. Uh, then the. So I thought, you know, then they did go into actual action figures and other goofy things for Silent Hill that are, that are fine. Again, if you buy that kind of stuff, I don't have a place for it in my house. Uh, if I bought a bunch of Silent Hill figurines, I'd be living alone, which, you know, 
win and win some, lose some, but I also don't need Silent mm-hmm. Hill figures. Uh, but the very end of the presentation was Silent Hill F, which looks like it goes back to some kind of, um, you know, 50s, 60s Japan kind of uh, vibe. Uh, there were, looks like some kind of flower or fungus growing all over this person, like little clip stuff. That looked like it could be very cool. Least amount of information on it on the entire presentation. And the thing that interested me the most, because it is, it looks at least nothing else like other Silent Hills, but still looks creepy. So I'm down with that. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know what the the, the tie-in is going to be, if there even is one. And maybe is this the new direction they're going to go in? Are we going to have a different time, a different location? I mean, the series, as much as I love it, it could it could use a little freshening up. So I'm not opposed to that. I'm not one of those, one of those purists that thinks you have to walk the streets of the same town every game. Um, but I'm, I'm going to hold out this entire thing, right? We've gone so long without anything silent hill and now it's 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 too much it's too it's too damn much i don't trust them <laughs> with all this it, it it reeks of a damn cash grab a heavy cash grab and, and people are like oh you got all this silent hill it's like man you want to go eat at a nice restaurant and get a nice steak or do you want to get a steak off a buffet yeah, you, you know, the, the difference between nice restaurant food and buffet you get all you want at the buffet they'll, they'll shove a ton of it in your face you're going to have the shits later on. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't trust this. I don't trust that they sat on this fucking franchise for so long. And now they, they're saying fucking open wide. We're about to stuff you full of goddamn silent eel. Uh, so we'll see. I want to be excited. I really do. One of those things like that you ask for and you get, you know what I mean? Everybody's been asking for it. So they're like, here, here's a spoon. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's the whole monkey's paw thing, too. <laughs> fucking, and, and I think the, the middle finger might be sticking up on that paw. <laughs> but we'll see. I, Silent Hill F seems interesting. I, I'm Of all the things they announced, a new movie, that's okay. You know, because I even, I like that shit second film, too. But I, but this is the one I'm, I'm most hopeful for. And we'll just see what happens. That's all. That's all we can do. I think aesthetically, it looks it looks awesome, and the fact it that is. it's like in the past in Japan, just like mm-hmm. completely out in left field. Yeah. I think that it might work well for the Silent Hill series. We'll see. Yeah. Now they just have to actually release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. the tough part. I didn't even have dates for that stuff. It's just sometime in the future. We'll see. Uh, I think Silent Hill Two was next year, possibly. So we'll we'll see. We will hold our breaths until we see some new Silent Hill games and see if it pays off. Uh, however, another series that doesn't seem to have this problem that keeps putting out new games every few years and kind of re- <laughs> rebuilds itself in different ways that works uh, is the game series we're going to talk about today, most, uh, most directly, Resident Evil 4. Silent Hill. So, you know, we can slum it a little bit. We can talk about an inferior survival horror series. That's fine. Oh, boy. you think so? I don't think so. I think I like Resident Evil more. I don't know. It really depends, I, doesn't it? I, I think they started off 
kind of similar, but but this game in particular with four, I think this is where we kind of these two games kind of kind of divulge that they reach that path in the road. And it's not horror game, anymore. It's horror themed. Oh, it, it's 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 horror action. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's they leaned in really heavy on it, and, and we'll talk about it as we go along. But I mean, I, the series needed something new at this point, right? I mean, it's, it needed something. I think so. The last three games being like Code Veronica, Resident Evil 3 mm-hmm. and Resident Evil 2 were all such big hits, but they all came out and they were all so similar. It was it was about time for, for a nice little change. It was super slow pacing, right? Because of the tank controls, but, you know, they needed to modify and make it modernized. And I think this yeah. was the best way that they could do that. Yeah. The, the ability to tr- control the, the camera around you, to control where you're looking that's huge at a game i don't think they'd be able to continue on with the clunky tank controls and you know odd camera shots and angles and stuff like that well as we talked about it in the previous resident evil games that we covered i really didn't play any of these games until four like i i tried mm. one and sucked at it oh, but wow. i thought it was neat yeah and i, and I played enough of two because the demo was out and i you know i was trying to sell it to people i never played mm-hmm. three at all and I didn't play Code Veronica till we played it for the podcast last year. So okay. uh, Resident Evil 4 was the first in the series that not only did I play, but I finished. Like, I got, I bought it on the Wii. I didn't get the original release on GameCube. This was released originally on GameCube as one of the, the Capcom mm-hmm. 5, which we'll talk about, I guess, for a second. But the, uh, you know, this game, I, I, I got on the Wii, and as soon as I tried it, I was like, I'm not putting this thing down. I loved the change yeah. of control. So, you know, as, as Logan just mentioned, the first Resident Evil games were that tank control... Um, fixed camera where every time you walked into a room or an area, you know, the camera wouldn't scroll with your character. It would scroll maybe for a little bit in one room, but then it would change different camera angles if you were watching Mm -hmm. a movie. Uh, And as a result, the controls were very stiff. You had to push up, Mm -hmm. you know, up the button was walk forward and you turned left and right to rotate your character. It it worked. And over time, I've learned I really like those controls. It does add a little bit to the stiffness and, and the horror, the survival horror aspect, right? Uh, yeah. You know what you want to do, but maybe you just can't pull the move off fast enough, or it's just awkward enough that it's hard to get through. But it mm. also isn't miserable controls. It's not like you feel like I'm getting gypped, I'm pushing the button, and nothing's happening. It's just hard to get through some of the, the, the areas in the game because the control is so stiff. Uh, so you don't really can, you don't really control like a superhero. You know what I mean? Right. In, in all modern games, you're a superhero. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Resident Evil 4, they loosened that up a lot. So now it's a behind your character view for the whole game. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not way out and far and behind your character. Like it would be in like a God of war or something. The camera doesn't shift to different areas based on where you are. It's always when you're controlling the character, this kind of behind your character view. Um, the only time it switches to first person is if you're aiming specific weapons, it goes to a first person view so you can aim those weapons. But otherwise, you know, you don't have to push up to go, you know, to, to, to run forward and left and right to, to rotate yeah. or whatever. It, it actually controls much more like you'd expect an action game to control at this time. And as a result, for me, as someone who didn't like the previous controls, like that was the immediate. Once I got through the, you know, the intro to the game, and we'll talk about the story in a second too, but the intro of the game, you get to where you can actually control your character. And I was like, oh, I wish all the Resident Evils played like this at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this many years later after playing the older games, there are some things that, like, and, and Logan kind of hinted at, it's no longer a survival horror game. It is a horror-themed yeah. action game. And they added yeah. a lot of little things to add to that, but the, the change in controls was a very definite change in that direction. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't pull off what they expect of you in this game off those tank controls. It's impossible. 
Definitely uh, it, it, it definitely needed an upgrade. And speaking of controls, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, good on you for your first experiences with this game being on the Wii. Hands down, I think this is one of the few times that a game hit so many consoles and the Wii pulled off the best fucking version. And it's all about the controls. It, it's it's absolutely incredible. I haven't played it on the Wii in, in quite so. This is one of those games that I have bought countless times over uh it, it, it's in the running for the the most i've purchased a game but that we one, I, I still just i have such great memories of controlling that everything just really came together for that version. i agree with you it's really good um i've only ever played through it once on the wii but mm -hmm. uh the first time i played through it was on gamecube like literally mm -hmm. the first day mm -hmm. it came out and I, I thought it felt very comfortable on that on that controller as well you didn't uh you didn't have that god awful chainsaw controller did you I actually did get the. the I still Holy have it. shit! <laughs> it's pretty great. It's uh, it's an animosity, and it doesn't control really well. But it's a really cool mm -hmm. piece. It's a piece I can mm -hmm. never give up. Oh yeah, hey, it ain't pretty, but it gets the job done. Just like you know, that's definitely just like the fellas on this podcast. <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. Uh, well, the GameCube version is the original release, as I mentioned. It came out in 2005, mm -hmm. and it is part of what was considered the, you know, the the Capcom Five, which is five games that Capcom was putting out for the GameCube, which didn't have a ton of third-party support. It didn't have a lot of the heavy hitters mm -hmm. on it, mm -hmm. and Capcom was basically going to put out five games that were never going to leave the, the the GameCube. They were going to come up for the GameCube, be exclusive there at least for a number of years or whatever, um, and almost all of them uh, ended up coming out for other systems or never coming out at all. Uh, Killer Seven. Did come out, has been ported other systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beautiful Joe was a big one. That also ended up on PlayStation 2 oh. and other systems. Uh, Dead Phoenix is a game that never came out. And the only one that stayed on uh, the the GameCube was PNO3, which is a science fiction game with robots and stuff. I never I never played it. Uh, I'm sure it's fine, uh, but it only stayed on the GameCube. That's the only one of the GameCube 5 that actually stayed out on that system mm. and came out at all. Um, but as we mentioned, Resident Evil 4 has been ported to basically every system since. So it was Everybody. on the GameCube originally. I played it for the Wii originally. Uh, for this game, uh, this podcast, I played it on the PS4 on the HD kind mm -hmm. of... Mm -hmm. overhaul they did it's not a change of the game it's just a graphic overhaul uh which which versions did you guys play before and for this episode i just wanted to uh, touch on what you're just talking about um mm -hmm. shinji mikami he is the guy that made this game and he was quoted saying i will cut off my head if resident evil 4 comes out for another console and sure yeah. enough it comes out for every other console ever <laughs> yeah, rest, rest in peace <laughs> yeah but, uh, see you later but i i also played that ps4 version um However, not not for this, but just coincidentally, I had just finished playing through a second time the Oculus version of this, which fucking I, once again it is tremendous. I, I you can't go wrong. No matter what you pick this game up for, you can't go wrong. But no, I um I, I did play that that PS4 uh version, which yeah, like you said, it is just a graphics overhaul, uh, not even a major one. No, uh, everything else can, everything else is is just identical to what you would have had first time around. I played the same one. I played mm -hmm. the the PS4, the HD mm -hmm. remaster of it. Um, I was thinking about pulling out the Oculus one, but uh, kind of just smashed out the game in like two days. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't worth it. But uh, it is a real treat. I have played it before, and uh, it, it's definitely a real treat, and probably mm -hmm. uh, one of the most interesting ways to play this game. Oh, yeah. Well, I found with the Wii version, and I'm sure the Oculus has the same deal, is the 
because you've switched to this per this this new view where you're behind the character, when you hit uh, on the PlayStation 4, it's the it's one of the R buttons, but your character will pull out their weapon and aim it on the screen. Now, at that point, you stop moving around. Instead, you're moving around uh, what's a very clear like laser sight looking thing, no matter what weapon you have, mm-hmm. that shows you exactly where you're shooting. But on the Wii, you'd switch to that, and then you would you know use the 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 Wii Wote to point exactly where you want at the screen like a light gun. And it made it very easy to control and and fired a lot of stuff. Uh, I am not great at using thumbsticks to do really good aiming. Uh, That's why I don't play Mm -hmm. a lot of first-person shooters on consoles. I was always a mouse and keyboard guy for first-person shooters. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've grown to play them with controllers because my actual computer is very, very slow and can't run much. But the you know, this even, I noticed a difference, even though it had been a long time since I played the Wii version, at how hard I had to to do specific aiming items <laughs> that on the Wii version I had no problem with. So if the if the Oculus version has, has the same issue where you can, like, aim very well with those little hand controllers, oh, that, that may be something I need to pick up and try almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. If you have an Oculus, which I, I'm pretty sure you do, you should definitely be picking up that game. I think you'd love mm-hmm. it. Especially now after doing a playthrough recently. Yes. Um, so to talk about the actual game and not the Oculus version of the game, but the, you know, the, the original release and the, the versions we played uh, mm-hmm. in Resident Evil 4, you are again Leon Kennedy, who was in the second game, uh, the police officer. It was his first day on the job in Raccoon City when the Raccoon City outbreak occurs. Um, you know, after that, he becomes a government agent. And so this game starts with you. Um, it's somewhere in, in Europe. You are hired Damn. to go get... Uh, go rescue the president's daughter. She's been kidnapped. I guess they're trying to keep it on the down low and avoid some sort of international incident. So they've sent one agent uh, to kind of go in, not even undercover, but like sneak in and do whatever it takes to get the uh, the president's daughter back from where she was last seen uh, in Europe. So the, the st- game starts with you driving in to what looks like kind of like an old Spanish-themed village. I'm not sure exactly where it is uh, in, in this game. I'm, I'm sure it even tells you. I'm very bad at keeping track of details. Uh, but mm-hmm. but when you first get there, you know, you know you see some... They look like... I don't want to say poor, but they look like they're definitely more like villagers. You're not walking into a big city. This is some kind of rundown village. Uh, there are people there, but they, they don't seem to be all there. They... they there's something clearly wrong with them. They, uh, even from the first get-go when you get them, they, they see you and they kind of choose to attack you and see doing anything else. So this is Resident Evil. You assume it's going to be zombies, but it's not really zombies, and it has no real connection other than the character that you are and some of the side characters to the original Resident Evil games up to this point. Yeah, and 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 I think that was, was needed, um, that you needed something to, to instantly, and this game does not waste time. Uh, you know, within a minute of being able to control your character, you're 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 probably going to be uh, in in the middle of combat. Uh, you're so in trouble. Yeah, you, you are. It, it's you know, it's every bit. You know, I liken it to Resident Evil Two. You know, you start off on that street and fire all around you. There's there's enemies to face almost immediately. It throws you right in. And if you were a big Resident Evil fan and played through all the other ones. Uh, this just kind of turned you up on your head a little bit because this is not the the usual uh, kind of zombie you're used to. So uh, this game, uh, the first time I played it, just this instantly uh, kind of pulls you in. Does a great job of establishing like intrigue early on. You, you wonder just how much of a departure. You know, you get your new control scheme, you get this this new type of enemy, and you're just left wondering how how far are we going to deviate from from the norm on this. 
Like, you know, like all the enemies, like they're holding weapons all of a sudden. They're not yeah. moving slow yeah. and sluggish. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're speaking in a language. I mm-hmm. believe they're, they're speaking Spanish. And uh, yeah, and right away you're like, what is this? This isn't what mm-hmm. I know from Resident Evil. Let's go. Yeah. Well, you still would treat them the same way you would treat zombies in that they charge oh, you and attack shoot, you. They shoot the shit out of them. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do to stop them. You can't reason with them. There's not. You can't hide. Uh, this is not a, a game like like Outlast or something where the idea is to to stay hidden for certain points. I mean, if if they uh, the enemies in this game are smart enough that once one of them sees you, they'll yell to the other people in the area. Um, the yeah. the bigger difference. Uh, not just in the way that the game moves and controls, but the maps themselves are not that, you know, the, the other Resident Evil games were almost room by room. You know, you'd finish a room, yeah. you'd see a door that goes to another room, you can't see what's two doors away or what's even, even if it's down the same hallway, if the camera doesn't show mm-hmm. that way, there's no way you can see what's down the hall till you get there and then, you know, there's a zombie around the corner or whatever. This game, instead, every area you're in is almost like a small open world map. You can go yeah, inside yeah. and outside of buildings. Um, there are definite things that stop you from seeing what the next area could be, but a lot of the time there are things that would actually block your vision if you were there. A giant wall, mm-hmm. or there's you know just a, a mountain range. It's something that's going to stop you from seeing, you know, you do get a, a sniper rifle kind of thing later on in the game that would stop you from basically standing on top of a building and shooting the rest of the enemies for the rest of time mm-hmm. in, the, in the open world. It it, but it still feels way more like a, a giant open connected area than any Resident Evil had up to this point. And so as a result, you know, you, you are able to really plan out. You can look around the area you're in. You can see where, you know, sometimes there are characters gathered in a certain area. In the very beginning, that village area you start in, when you first look down after you walk into the, the town area, you can see three or four of them like gathered around this fire in the middle of town. And then mm-hmm. there's some people off to the left you can see moving around doing whatever their daily business is or whatever. And you can plan out, okay, I know I can see these seven people. Now, there may be other people inside or in other areas that will run into the area. But once you start, you know, once you're seen, they will yell. And everyone else in the area will now know you're there and will will actually, you know, not just walk directly towards you, but sometimes mm-hmm. they will climb up on top of buildings so they have better chances yeah. to throw axes and stuff at you. I mean, the, the AI in this game is is very good for the time, and I think it still holds up really well now. Yeah, even no matter how many times you've played this and no matter how much of an expert you think you are, they can still catch you by surprise every now. Like they they will they will you'll have you'll have a group coming from behind you, you'll turn that corner and there's somebody right there in front of you. It's 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 amazing uh how it doesn't adhere to um a set pattern. Like once the once the attacks start, there there's not a uh there's nothing to really exploit. It's like, all right, I know this character is they're gonna come this way, they're gonna come that way, and they'll chase you all over that damn town. You almost have to plan out every lo- uh, every location in the game, kind of like yeah. an arena battle. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So like you're like, I'm gonna start here on this roof, mm-hmm. I'm gonna snipe these two guys, I'm gonna jump down here, mm-hmm. I'm gonna move over there. Oh, the chainsaw guy's coming, I gotta put myself in a corner. Yeah. And yeah. every area is kind of like an arena. Yeah, so there's definitely a level of strategy to this game talking we're, we're still talking about differences in resident evil games there's there's a level of strategy to this one and most areas when you enter in there there is a little quiet spell where you're you're not immediately detected and you can kind of that like that first that first little village for instance you can as long as you're quiet enough and and stay out of view you can move around pretty silently and and get the get a lay of the land and see what's going on so yeah it's it's first resident evil i know of 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 leading up to this point where it, it pays off to really sit there and strategize. 
another thing that's encouraged in this game is obviously to kill enemies because this is the first Resident Evil where they started dropping things when you defeated yes. them. Yes. So I find that changes the pacing big time. Instead of like telling you to run and save your ammo, they're telling you to go in there and fight everybody and kill them. Yeah. Because and 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 that's another good thing about this one. I feel like this is the other Resident Evil games. Depending on how you play, ammo might become very very scarce. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like that's not really. You can tell oh, this is at once, like we said, action through and through. I, like we want I, you to have I, fun. Yeah, not, yeah. Not I, be I've stressed. Never, I've never encountered any trouble with ammunition. If anything, with the inventory system, you can have too much ammunition. Um, but yeah, it's it's health drops, ammo drops. Uh, they drops. definitely, yeah, they they definitely are encouraging you to. For the first time in the series, go in just guns blazing. Well, and big time. Logan just mentioned it, but the other thing is they drop money. So there are enemies mm-hmm. that will drop, mm-hmm. you know, items that some is straightforward money. Some is items you can find on the map that you can clearly sell. They're just there because they're worth money, and you can sell them. Uh, no Resident Evil game to this point it had a store, uh, any kind of store in a game where you could buy stuff. So when you first start getting this money, assuming you didn't read the manual, um, you, you're kind of like, why am I getting all this money? I've never needed to buy anything in Resident Evil. Oh, well, how's this going to work? Um, aside from yeah. Here it um, comes. Well, you're in for here comes a real treat. Yes. So uh, once you get through the first couple areas of the game, you will run into uh, the best character in the game. The, the, the well, at least the most likable by far. Um, you, you you run into a merchant. Now he he's the first time you see him. It's obviously like he's outside of a building and he, he kind of w- waves you around. You run outside the building and he's got this little shop set up where he sells you things out of his coat. He's selling you, you know, mm-hmm. different weapons you don't already have access to. You do start the game with a pistol and a knife, but, you know, it's Resident Evil. So you can get a shotgun eventually and a rifle and, and, a, and a series of other weapons, uh, probably more than any other Resident Evil up to this point, because this merchant guy is there and will sell you weapons uh, from the money you found or from if you sell items to him. You can also sell other guns and get stronger versions of those guns. He also has the ability to tune up your weapons. So any weapon that's in your inventory, uh, you can say, oh, I want this weapon to do more damage or hold more bullets or whatever. Um, and, and he will, for a fee, do that to a point. There are so many upgrades for each gun. As you go through the game, more upgrades will unlock. Uh, more items will mm-hmm. show up on these this merchant. Uh, this same merchant, uh, literally the same guy, will show up at different spots in the map at different times. And he'll always be at those same spots, but he shows up over and over again so that you always have a chance to kind of... Uh, if you think you're really in trouble, he always sells, for example, a, um, a first aid spray. If you don't have any, he'll always mm-hmm. have a first aid spray for sale. He sells ways to increase the size of your inventory. Uh, it does yeah. have inventory, but it's different than the previous Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a positive, but it's definitely a change in how they do it. Uh, the, you know, you mentioned that this is, we've mentioned this is more action than the previous, you know, that you don't think ammo is a real problem. I think that's true if you're playing it like a Resident Evil game. So if you've played Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, Code mm-hmm. Veronica, whatever, yes, ammo is not a problem in this game. You get ample amounts of ammo. But if you run into this game like it's Gears of War, you're going to run out of ammo if you're not doing mm-hmm. headshots every time. Because even oh, yeah. though you're killing characters, otherwise, you know, other than those random drops, there are only other set places where you can get items. Um, not mm-hmm. only do you you know, find items that are clearly laying out. There'll be bullets on a table in a room or, um, you know, you'll go over to the side and there's a crate. You open up the crate and there's stuff there. There's also breakable items. There's barrels and boxes and stuff that you can break. And sometimes those have uh, healing items or money or uh, or other bullets. And those are random to some level um, on what you can get in those. So if you, you know, it's still not a run and gun, but compared to the previous Resident Evils, it's way more of that style of oh, game. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. if you're doing headshots on things. Um 
I, I know the previous Resident Evils did this, but this game does it, I think, a little better because of the way you can aim and clearly see what you're shooting at. But you can you can choose to attack people in many different ways for many different effects. If you mm-hmm. want to just do headshots over and over again, uh, yes, that will kill most people pretty quickly. But later on in the game, uh, you're dangerous, right? Well, it, yeah, it becomes worse in some cases because you find out the they're not zombies in this game. Instead, these are people who have been infected by uh, some sort of parasite, and the parasite will cause them to follow somebody else's instructions uh, who is telling them to do things like kill you or whatnot. And and those parasites, after so long, will actually burst out of their heads. If you shoot headshots, the parasites will shoot out of the top of them and then still be able to come at you. And they have, you know, these like razor attacks they can do at a much larger distance. They're much more dangerous when those uh, those parasites are out of their body. So if you're doing headshots, yes, you'll kill everything. Maybe you have to kill them and deal with this parasite. But instead, if there's certain areas where you're just trying to run by guys, you could just shoot them in the legs and they'll fall to the ground mm-hmm. and you can run by them real quick. And if you're yeah. if you're not in a big open area, because then they will get up and and then you know kind of head towards your direction. But there are still parts in this game, like in the previous Resident Evils, where you can kind of run from a door through a whole kind of gauntlet of characters, run to another door of some sort that will you know, they won't follow you past that point. So mm-hmm. there are ways you can, you know, get by some of the areas by doing just nothing but leg shots. Or you can shoot them in the, yeah. if they there are guys that throw dynamite at some point, you can shoot the hands that has the dynamite, and it will explode right there in front of them. Or you can shoot them in the arms so they, they fall mm-hmm. back for a minute. And if you wait long enough, that dynamite will explode, hurting them and everyone else around them. Like, oh yeah, it, it's, it's really impressive how much the combat has changed. And I know in the previous Resident Evil, you know, there'd be times where you'd shoot a zombie and you'd shoot their legs off and they would crawl at you. But I could never do that on purpose. It just seemed to always happen at random for me. I know other people are way better at Resident Evils than me. So maybe they, there is a lot of skill involved. But I, for me, it was random. In this, cha- in this game, it was not random ever. It was always exactly where you shot him. Yeah. And, and it's, it's worth mentioning, uh, to go back a little bit, that, that merchant, uh, it just so happens that every single thing he says incredibly quotable yeah he's uh, fantastic he's a fantastic he, he's man incredible uh can we get one billy good. can you can you give us the, the line please oh man <sighs> what did he say oh i mean you, you've got the you got the usual what are you buying <laughs> what are you what are you selling stranger uh, stranger <laughs> he gets really excited like if you give him a high dollar item oh fuck he loses his mind Oh, he loves it. Yeah. I'll buy it at a high price. <laughs> He's a jovial we'll fella for the for the locations he hangs out in. He is. But back <laughs> to uh combat aspect. I, I I found one there there are several little things you can do. You have a knife. Uh, but there also are, are fucking melee and grapples and him and shit like that. And and a lot of times a real sound strategy is just to, to stun them with a, a shot with your gun. Yeah, run up. Give them some, you know, Leon, along with getting some bizarre promotion from first day on the force to saving the president's daughter, um, picked up, you know, picked up, I guess on the plane there, you know, earned his black belt. He'll hit you with a fucking roundhouse kick. Uh, there are a lot of tools at your disposal. Grenades. Uh, they the suplex. Yes, I think it's a German suplex. If it I'm is a German mistaken. suplex. It's pretty damn and, good. And you you haven't lived until you you've you know wrapped your arms around the waist of one of those villagers, picked them up overhead, and just and just dropped them to the point where their head explodes. 
Uh, it, it's it's something to see. It, it's definitely a highlight. But yeah, there there are a lot of little things you can do here and there to to save ammunition if you're if you're wanting to to clear everybody out. Which, like I said, it's just it's uh, you you need all those eggs you can get in your fucking inventory, right? You want you want to collect all the eggs laying around. Well, you do, uh, because they're healing items, which is nice. I did not realize just, that's what they were Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm a, yeah, I mean, you get hot and heavy in that game, you're popping eggs like a motherfucker once your herbs are gone. So it's it's well worth it. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I love the combat in this. And I feel like this game, it's, it's a long time since this thing came out, but I still think it does a lot of things better than a lot of modern games as far as, you know, methods by which you can dispatch of enemy it holds up it's very satisfying to just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just kill everybody and to just stand there and shoot heads yeah it's really satisfying even shooting them in the knee and kicking them is satisfying it, it's it's yeah. a very satisfying game the laser pointer is still satisfying to see too yes oh yeah, it, yeah. It, it just looks good You're Leon Kennedy. You're in this town, in this village, uh, trying to, to find any kind of secret or clue under where the, the, the president's daughter could be. And you're, you're finding these villagers that have been infected by a parasite. You've got to mm-hmm. figure out, what does that mean? And, and why? where did this come from? What's going on with this parasite? And it leads you through uh, essentially five different chapters of this game. Each chapter is broken into smaller segments. Uh, so you go through these, these five chapters, and the game changes settings so you have you know the the village that you start in i think that's what most people remember of the game it's the first time mm-hmm. you see uh there are these giant uh, and what are the names of the the really really big almost troll-like guys el gigante oh, well how could i forget that uh there right. there are these giant and again i i don't know what else to call them they'd be an ogre in any other game at resident evil they're mm-hmm. they're these giant super large humanoid things that will will come at you and the first time you just see one of them and it's the first kind of real boss you run into amazing segment love it yeah love love the village area love the bosses there it's it's still kind of and i hate to say this about a resident evil game because it's real and any other game it would be it's the most normal feeling part of the game for me (laughs) is that village it's late i think the maps are laid out really well it all kind of circles back to each other you can see on the overall map uh, you know, how everything clips together, and it makes sense to me. Like, I like the village. I think the village is is the most fun part of this game. Not that the rest is not fun, but the village itself is so good that even if it yeah. stopped at the end of the village, I'd say this was fun. A good time. It, Finish it an hour. Yeah. It, it, it feels time. like the game's home. It really does. Yes. It feels yeah. like it's like main home. Yeah. Even that dumb and, fish and... battle. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best part about when you do face uh, that, that first, uh, the, those larger enemies, or the chain... You, damn chainsaw men that run around uh is that i i feel like this is one of the first games of this type be it a silent hill or resident evil where i don't feel very threatened i guess um you, you kind of feel you feel pretty powerful going through this game um 
you know, I, I, I guess maybe it's the, the emphasis on combat. So they've definitely, I feel like you're, you're a little more souped up than you are in these other games. And there are a lot more things at your disposal, like we talked about. So it's, it, it adds a little something to it. When you finally hit an enemy and you hit a little bit of a wall, you hit somebody that's not going to go down with a couple of headshots and a, and a damn roundhouse kick. Uh, so it, it adds a lot of tension. And when you're finally, instead of just running through villagers, throwing your damn grenades, kicking people, hitting Germans left and right, uh, when you're actually on the on the defense, uh, I, I think the game does a great job of really switching it up and and making and putting you out on the run. I think predominantly people wielding chainsaws are going to give you a sense of fear and tension yeah, for yeah, sure as yeah, well. You're not you're not going to run in. You're not going to run up and try to hit them with a, a fucking cross kick or anything like that. No, you're not going in there. This first for sure. Oh, I think it's it's also the presentation of that first uh, El Gigante. Like you go through this big area where you can see something's supposed to happen here, and you just mm. walk out the other side. You're like, okay, well, m- something will happen here. And I figured, okay, it's gonna be a bunch of guys attacking me or whatever else. That's what happens everywhere else in this game. The door locks and you fight a hundred guys. So I was like, okay, and you finish your your mission that's past this room, or whatever, and you head back through to to get back to the village area. And that's when you know, they have the cinematic where the gates lock and all of a sudden this giant monster is like pulled out and essentially tears everybody mm-hmm. apart that takes, <laughs> that drags him out there. And mm-hmm. then you've got to face him in the rain. And it's just, it, it's an yeah. amazing presentation of that first yeah. battle. And, and I, I think, think every, every major event in that first section, in this village in general, you have him, mm-hmm. there's the, like I mentioned, there's kind of a segment where you're on a, a little rowboat and you have to fight this fish. It's a very cinematic style fight for a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the boss of this section after you've gotten through, um, you know the section is is this really tall, big bearded uh, kind of boss of these villagers that uh, will then turn into like a horrific monster in this halfway point once you do enough damage mm-hmm. to him. All those fights are, I mean, I hadn't played this game since I beat it on the Wii, and everything up to that point, everything up to leaving the village section of the game was still fresh in my mind. Like I didn't maybe remember mm-hmm. exactly, Oh, here's how I get to each thing. But like when I got to the boss, I was like, I remember this. When I saw the yeah. chainsaw guys burst out of the wall at one point, it's like, I remember this. All of that was stuff that I remembered fully where the rest of this game. And I did beat this before. Cause once I got to bosses, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this boss. I couldn't have told you a thing about anything in the last three chapters of this game, except for the bosses uh, before I started playing this playthrough. It's such a bizarre thing with this game because I have played this many times over many systems. And I feel like it's, I don't know if it's because I wait so long between times I play, but every single time I play through, I am, I am hit with an area that I just do not recall. I don't get that too much anymore. It's what it's, it's gotta be one of my most played games ever admitted. Mm, admittedly. Mm. So, um, it's a romp. It's, um, Every now and then, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I temporarily forgot about this area, but I know how mm-hmm. to do it. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's got a lot of changing se- like scenes. It's got um, yeah, yeah, you cover some ground. It definitely does. It's so diverse all over the place. Like mm-hmm. just the fact that you get three major areas, and they change so much in tone and setting and the bad guys and everything. It's mm-hmm. it's it's very well done. Well, the other thing that's surprisingly well done, and I can't believe I'm saying this is that I'd say a third of this game, if not half, is an escort mission. Now, we complained about this yeah. with with yeah. Silent Hill 4, 
Um, but I think comparatively, the escort sections in this game and the escort areas are way better. Uh, you, you find the president's daughter early on in the game. In the, in the second chapter, you're still in the village. You find the president's daughter and, you know, manage to save her. And so now you have to run through these same areas you've been into to try to get to a helicopter um, pickup to rescue you and her and, and get you off, you know, mm-hmm. out of this area and get to get her back home to the president. And at that point, I mean, she's constantly running behind you. Uh, the difference between this and Silent Hill 4 is, one, you can't give her any weapons, so she's not going to stop and attack people she shouldn't be attacking. Uh, that yeah. also means she can't help you in any way. But she seems to stay out of the way pretty well. I didn't have too many times where she got hurt unless I was standing still. She she manages to avoid attacks mm-hmm. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also sections, and there's not too many of them, but the ones that you know were, were higher stress, where you can have her stop. You can hit one of the buttons and say, hey, stay here, and she'll stay in a safe spot. Uh, you have to make sure people don't come for her, but she'll stay there or she can hide in bins in certain parts. Like she's much smarter uh, of, of a person to to lead around than in pretty much any other game where I've had to deal with with escorting somebody who's unable to fight at all. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a worry. Like it, it gets a groan out of you when an escort mission comes up. But as much as I hate them uh, and this one, uh, this one does have its moments. But she, she's definitely one of the, not that she's more competent, but it's like you said, I, I feel like she is able to avoid attack much easier. Uh, like, uh, take, for instance, Silent Hill 4. I feel like that's you're constantly babysitting. Constantly on that one. I, I, and this one, I just I, I feel like she's never in any real threat. And if, if attack does come her way, it's, it's usually pretty easy defend off typically she's always behind you for one yeah and secondly yeah. whenever you go to aim she always crouches which mm-hmm. makes it a lot better ah. for not shooting her mm-hmm. and keeping her in place so if you're if you're standing there and you're standing in aim mode she is crouching so as long as you're landing your shots again you're okay yeah if, if only she didn't have that fucking slide puzzle in her <laughs> that's the worst part of the game for sure I, I must be the only person that likes a good slide puzzle I hate a slide puzzle. I've hated slide puzzles since childhood. And you know what? The only thing that keeps me from replaying this game more often is that I know it's coming. I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to be after there. it is great, but yeah, it's it what you got to reward somebody after that. God yeah, knows. definitely. It's like it took you right out of the vibes and then they're like, "Okay, put them back. Put them back." <laughs> and that's the thing. that's the thing. It's not only the fact that it's a slide puzzle, which my my brain just I, I guess cannot wrap itself around. Uh, but it just it the game, which has been going a hundred miles per hour, uh, you don't tap the brakes for that slide puzzle. You slam your foot down. Mm-hmm. I, it's just I, I feel like it just it's really weird. Like it's so out of place. I agree. It's the only puzzle like that in this game. I mean, the rest of the... Yeah, yeah. There's puzzles in this game, but it's more find an item, take it to a certain spot, or find the right mm-hmm. key. There, there's nothing that's too insanely difficult to, to work your way through. None of the Resident Evils really had it, really difficult puzzles, as I recall. No. Um, but, but that... There is a point where you have a mandatory slide puzzle stop. Now, again, I don't mind that... It would have seemed in place in a Silent Hill game, I think. In this game, it felt a little out of place. But but that's not even in the section. You know, you finish the village, you escort her out of the village. You have to have a boss fight there. Um, and then you're now at this castle. The second 
of the three areas of the game is this old castle where now instead of a bunch of these villagers, although there are still some of them, I think, in here, but most of them are cultists. They, they definitely are dressed more like cultists. They have uh, robes and they all have weapons. And, and it seems like they're, they're definitely doing something here that's tied to the village. But, you know, otherwise... Mm. They are a her. lot more sinister looking. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're a lot more sinister looking. And there's there's now the introduction of this, you know, the, the enemy in the first section of the game. You didn't, you met the overall, like, kind of uh, leader of of this this sect, this this cult that's out there. But the main leader you met in the first section of the game was that that tall bearded guy. And again, I suck with names. I'm sure that Logan knows his name. Um, Torres. There you go. <laughs> um... He's kind of like the first boss, right? So in the second area in this castle, you're introduced to um, what I think feels more like he would have fit right in place in uh, Code Veronica. He's kind of this very short, I, I would say he's probably, um, I don't know what you properly call anyone anymore. Um, it's dwarf, correct? I, I don't know. Uh, but just three feet tall. He's, he's three feet he's tall. He's about three feet tall. Mm -hmm. And he looks like he has like very bluish, very creepy looking skin. He's dressed like little Lord Fauntleroy. Uh, and, and he is apparently the, the current owner of this castle. He is the, the person who is, you know, through the deck, through the years, he's like the new scion of this family that owns mm. this castle. And you find out that his family is, uh, is ultimately responsible for, uh, kind of stopping these parasites decades ago you know generations ago they've walled up the last of these these parasites underneath their castle and they said that's it we're not going to deal with these things anymore we're going to hide them here forever they're never coming out i know there's you know this this cult that wants these things and has wanted them for decades and eons but th no they're staying under here they're bad news we want nothing to do with them and this uh i don't remember his actual name either i kept calling him the castellan because that's what they refer to him as um has decided that he's going to, you know, as a member of this religion, he's going to free these um, these parasites. They've been digging them out. So not only is this third and fourth chapter of the game in this castle with this new kind of uh, almost military-feeling bad guy, uh, you also have these tunnels underneath the castle that they're clearly there because they're digging out these these parasites. And I think that's a neat touch. I didn't. I don't know how I didn't really. Mm -hmm. That didn't all click to me before, or if it did, I was just flying through the game when it first came out. But I mean, just the the way the maps are put together, it actually makes sense. If you're going to say this yeah. castle is is over by this village, and underneath the castle is where they've been hiding the the, the Las Plagas parasite, it's neat that you're actually going to those sections and dealing with mm -hmm. them doing it. There's there's even minecarts, but thankfully you're not riding them for too much. Cool. They're there. You get yeah. into them. You get out of them. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, uh yeah. but it still it feels like it makes sense even though you know why would you be in a bunch of mines while you're in a castle it all ties together very nicely you don't question much in this game it does a good job yeah. of that too because i mean not just because it's a resident evil game i mean you can it, 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 still there are some things where they could they could go too far with things and be like well this makes no fucking but i just think uh and and you you spoke about it earlier just there's such a variety of areas you visit and the flow of them, it just, it, for all the crazy shit going on, somehow I can honestly say everything in this game makes sense as far as where you end up. I'm not sitting there thinking, wow, that's a fucking jump. Um, and again, it's, mm -hmm. again it's, it's Resident Evil 2, right? So it's, it's all the storyline is all, and characters have always yeah. been ridiculous. So it's, it's, a, yeah. it's welcome yeah. for sure. It is. 
Well, the castle is what I remembered. So when I played this the first time, you know, thinking back on it, I thought, okay, I remember the village and I liked it. And I was like, oh yeah, there's this castle. And I remember not caring for the castle. And I remembered the Castellan character and I remembered the, you know, the actual cult leader character. But I didn't remember the third section of this game at all. Like, I know I, I got to it because I once I got to certain segments, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember this. But I don't remember the third section, which is an island. So after you finish the castle section, which involves kind of fighting off this Castellan, who um, most crazy boss transformation of any Resident Evil that I can think of is the Castellan's boss transformation. He's he's standing there with like his kind of left hand man, and all of a sudden they both get sucked into this giant plant and become this crazy monster uh, mm-hmm. that you have to fight on like two different planes. It's a very involved looking boss fight that I found to be the easiest boss fight in the game uh, because it's very oh, yeah. clear what you're supposed to hit. And if you happen to have mm-hmm. a rocket launcher, cause you can get rocket oh. launchers, you can find one, but you can buy them from the merchant for a, a not t- terribly offensive amount of, of, uh, of money. They're yeah. huge. They take up a giant portion of your inventory, but basically they'll kill almost anything in a hit. So yeah. for that boss specifically, like, he has this giant eye stalk thing. You shoot his eye stalk a couple times or something, and all of a sudden, he'll like the the man part will kind of come out at the top. And I just sent him into the rocket launcher, and he melted. And that was the end of that fight. A very, <laughs> very simple fight that looked very impressive and very cool. I thought that was a it was a good looking fight for sure, especially the cutscene before like, you know, when they're mutating into that whatever being that is, and it opens its mouth and it's got all the saliva. I remember that coming out on GameCube and just being like, wow. These graphics are insane. But uh, that guy's name is Ramon Salazar. Salazar, Boy. that's right. Man, see, I'm very bad with names. I'm glad you're here, Logan. And uh, I, I find another standout fight in the castle was fighting his right-hand man in, in the basement, where you yes. have to knock over the freezing tanks and freeze them and then just hammer at them with whatever gun you have while you're waiting for the elevator. I thought that fight was a standout fight in the in the castle as well. Well, the, the being able to knock over the tanks made a huge difference because it makes it it's just lasting for a number of minutes. There's nothing you can do to actually kill him that I could figure out. Um, you can yeah. kill him and you he drops a piece of crown, which you attach to the crown. And it's, I think it's one of the most prized possessions in the whole game. It sells for the most. I, I'm a, you, I didn't want to use one of my rocket launchers on him because I knew there was more coming up. So I didn't try. <laughs> He's one of the fights I did not do a rocket launcher for. But I did, because I, I figured the idea was just to keep stalling him by knocking over those tanks. Yes, there's a limited number of them, but you can run pretty far in these set of tunnels knocking them over. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. I would knock him, I would have a chance to fire at him. He actually, uh, at the end of that fight, I pretty much had drained my entire healing item inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I made it out, and I was like, well, I probably shouldn't save here, but I'm going to save anyway. And uh, and I'll I'll be able to find more items. And sure enough, the next section there are enough guys I killed that dropped herbs and other stuff. To I was back to you no know, full in no time uh, of of healing yeah. items. But but that was a tough fight. You're right. That was maybe my favorite fight in the castle because it wasn't just for me. You know, do a couple cheap shots and then hit him with a rocket launcher. I'd actually mm-hmm. avoid him and and time those out really well. I, I like that. It's intense. It's an intense fight, and you can hear him running behind you, which is kind of scary. You hear. And it always uh, always used to scare me as a kid. But um, in the game, <laughs> you get two free rocket launchers. You get one in the castle, and then you get one. Um, we'll, we'll touch on the second one later. I always use that rocket launcher that you get for free in the castle to kill that guy. That's mm. that's mm. what I think of his presence. Well, it was it, it is intense. Uh, I didn't mind it because it was the first time through, but I'm sure if I found a cheap way to get through that, I would definitely do that on yeah. future playthroughs. Oh, yeah. Um, because uh, in like any Resident Evil game, uh, 
I don't find the bosses generally, I mean, sometimes they're tough, but I don't find them to be the draw. The draw for me is getting through the areas where it's a ton of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and this this castle also introduced these like bug enemies that would be invisible and you'd have to, you'd be fighting them in this little connector area that was Boy. also kind of a sewer area. So you could see them running in the water and they would climb on the ceiling, but you could kind of see them shift a little bit. Uh, I hated those, but at the same time, I thought they were very cool. I thought those were neat little enemies that were in this section because they weren't just, you know, cultists or, or villagers uh, coming mm-hmm. at you. They're close thing to birds that would be bothering me in this game. It's one of these bug yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, so you finish the castle section and the story takes you to an island, which is essentially like the, the lab that this cult is working out of. And uh, I'd forgotten everything about the island completely. It's a much more military feeling from the start. You're going through yeah. what's clearly some sort of old military base that's been converted into some kind of lab. And it introduces maybe my favorite and least favorite uh, enemies in the game, the Regenerators. That's how bad they are. Oh, I know their name. Man. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Great. These giants, they're, they're these giant, not giant, they're, they're taller than you. They're tall and almost skinny looking um, zombie item things with like these yeah. crazy looking mouths. And mm. as you start fighting them before the first time you run into one, you can shoot all you want and it probably won't die. It'll just keep yeah. like slowly coming yeah. back. But at the same time, eventually you'll, you'll do enough damage or you'll use a grenade or something that's an area effect and it will kill them. Well, after you find... Uh, one or two of those. I can't remember if it's just the first one or not. Um, you, you will find a document that explains, oh yeah, these these regenerators will keep coming back to life until you can kill the parasites inside of them. And you have to find some way to find which you know where the parasites are. And so of course you get some like infrared glasses and a, or a scope that you can attach to the rifle. And then when you zoom in with your rifle, you'll see clearly like these four or yeah. five little um, parasites that are uh, you can shoot one at a time and then they will explode once you shoot all the parasites out. Uh, there are variants of the regenerators that have spikes all over them. So when you shoot them once, they'll almost like shoot spikes at you if you're too close to them. I mean, mm-hmm. I hated them, but at the same time, I I thought they were the neatest enemies because you, you always fought them in a place where you could run around. So you had yeah. a chance to run around and do the zooming in. But still, it was that that pressure of now you've got to find a place where you're far enough away to use your rifle, which has a horrible reload rate, even if you upgrade it, to take out these these you know, parasites one at a time while this thing's slowly moving at you. I mean, a neat enemy, but also it, probably the scariest enemy in the game for me, at least, because they did it show is. up in some spots where you're like, oh, crap. Now I've got to deal I, with this I, thing. I have two rifle bullets. I'm in trouble. They're intimidating, <laughs> like, they're intimidating they right from the get-go. Yeah. I feel they like this scary is scary music. They did. Oh, you're good. I, I feel like this is like your, your throwback. This is the most, like, original kind of... Resident Evil, as far as like harkening back to the the older games, like your, your Nemesis or something like that. I, I, this is as close to like a one of the a, an enemy you would have seen in the old game, and it's 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 very welcome because yeah, there's there's something incredibly frightening about an enemy that just you know you you can't keep down, can't put down, and I, I think the method by which you do is pretty cool, pretty cool way to introduce it. Um, but yeah, that, that enemy, especially as you're playing, like I said, as you're playing through the game, you don't feel that overwhelmed. You know, some enemies will catch you off guard here and there, but still kind of fuck a chip on your shoulder. You might have a rocket launcher on your shoulder too. You're feeling pretty damn good. So I, I, I think you needed an enemy like this that really just kind of sat you on your ass and made you had to <laughs> make you have to rethink things a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. The scope as- aspect was pretty cool. It was annoying, mm-hmm. but it was pretty cool at the same time. Oh, yeah. Also, the music when they come out mm-hmm. slow and eerie and creepy, mm-hmm. and it matches their footsteps. Um, another thing that I thought that was really cool about them is if you like shoot off their leg, and all of a sudden they're jumping at you and bobbing at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, thankfully uh, I didn't do that. It's intense. <laughs> I um I played this game when I was in grade nine, and I remember I remember. I used to go downstairs in the basement to grab stuff out of the freezer. <laughs> I would run up the stairs pretty damn quick, and uh, regenerators were on my mind when I was doing that. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Damn. To this day. <laughs> to this day. Are creepy. Oh, still, man, regenerators are creepy. Well, and and that whole section in the island, you know, you're kind of going through this. You you find. You have to go get key cards and then change the passwords on the key cards with these machines so you can go into the different sections. Mm-hmm. There's a part where you have to go into like the deep freeze room and as you have to thought so you can open up one of the, the frozen containers in there. And when you do, you see guys fall down from the ceiling. You know, you're going to have to fight and it's one of those. Like uh, this section of the game felt the most like horror to me where the rest felt kind of like action yeah. more than horror. Yeah. Um, but then immediately uh, another shift in this, after you finish kind of getting through that section, you get to... I don't know. So there's a character that is reintroduced to Leon. Leon knows who he is, named uh, named Krauser. And he shows up. He looks like a paramilitary guy. He seems to be working. Well, he tells you that he's working with Wesker from the previous game. So there's your connection to the previous Resident Evil games. And he's clearly there to to take some of these these parasites back or, or do something, uh, obviously nefarious, with, with Wesker to keep working on his overall arcing goal of I guess taking over the world or whatever it is Wesker's trying to do. But at that point it becomes it's it's like QTEs that happen over and over again with him, uh, a lot yeah. of talking parts. There's a section where you're supposed to kind of just keep running from him while you find pieces of of a uh, pieces of the statue that open a door for you. Like I don't know, like I, that part's fine I guess, but at the same I was I don't know. It's, it's my it's, least it's favorite not, part of the it's game. It's not the game. It's not the game we signed up for at this point. You know, it, it's it not did, the. It didn't it, nail this, its landing. No, it didn't. You, you really, honestly, I. I it's kind of sloppy when they try to tie this. You obviously have it's Resident Evil Four, it's the fourth game in a series. You have to, you have to tie it together. They're not trying to ignore that the other games are going on out there. But I, I, I felt like this game was at its strongest when it was just kind of standing alone um, and just some bizarre thing. So. It yeah, it, it starts to this Krauser, I I this guy's not necessary. Anything uh, involving him's not necessary. I think really tying this in, trying so hard to tie this into the series proper wasn't necessary. Um uh, yeah, it just this is but to this game's credit, I feel like this is the first miss, really, throughout it. I it's not enough to ruin obviously. Um it's not enough to ruin the game or make it unenjoyable. But this is, this is the part where it's kind of like, all right, I have my fun. Let's get through this. It's too military. And it's, it's, it's a little bit too action heavy. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. This part's straight like commando, right? It doesn't need to be there. Pretty much. It's fine. And, and I thought, I mean, I had to go back after the fact, knowing that I hadn't really played it, all these games in order and kind of haphazardly played the ones I have played. I, I just assumed this was a character you knew. And no, this is the no, first time no. that he's been a character. They've 
added yeah. backstory in games that came out after this uh, to try yeah, to explain how Leon and him know each other, I guess. But, yeah. you know, he's well, just there. Time, I don't care. Yeah, and it's like, it's fine. He's a military guy that he's, you know, working for Wesker, but also working with this cult uh, to, to somehow be able to steal part of this sample uh, of this, these, these uh, parasites. So there's a whole large section where he's like your main enemy that you mm-hmm. have to... It becomes a lot less of what the rest of the game was at that point. It's not terrible, yeah. and it's not incredibly it's not. long, but it's longer than I thought. It's several sections where you have to deal with Krauser mm-hmm. until eventually, um, you know, along with the help of, of Ada Wong, who returns from the second game, uh, just kind of as a, a third character that shows up to kind of help you, but also isn't really helping you at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, enemy, my enemy is my friend. That's Ada Wong in this game. Uh, but you will take out Krauser, and then you can continue, uh, you know, trying to save the president's daughter, who's been captured again by the uh, the priest of this this cult, whose name is Sadler. Uh, and at that point, it becomes more back what I you know what I was expecting. You go through some more areas where there's some more puzzles to get to. You got to fight more of those regenerators and other enemies to get to the part where um, you will be able to take on the last boss of this game, which is. Fine. I don't know. The last boss of this game is, of course, Sadler, and who who will decide to become some kind of massive monstrosity in order to mm-hmm. you know, his last ditch effort to stop you from from stopping him. He's just some dude that like chastises you on the radio the whole game, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, here he is. Uh, he's a big spider monster. There you go. Yep. Yes. And, <laughs> and that's pretty much exactly ask, what happens. Let me ask you guys something. Something that's been on my mind, not just in this game, but just in. Is it common like video game thing for like a, the last boss to transform into some kind of giant monstrosity? Like it happens in a lot of games. Did what's their plan after? Do they go back? Like, right, do that's they go back to human form. What are you going to do as as a fucking gigantic fucking spider for the rest of your life? Well, especially their their plan, and you find the documents that explain their plan hidden throughout this entire game, but basically they're going to use these parasites because he can control them, either some innate ability that Sadler has or that staff that he manages to have that's like the creepiest staff anyone's ever seen with like tentacles mm-hmm. coming out of it and an eye. But mm-hmm. somehow he can control everybody. He does it to you at some point where he stops you from attacking because you have the parasite yes. in your body, uh, along with the president's daughter as in her body. But the... Um, you know, his plan is to use those to infiltrate everybody in the White House. And then eventually they'll run the world, you know. Or if that doesn't work, then they plan on just dropping these parasites all over the country. To slow take over the entire country just by brute force. But again, if that second one, maybe you could do it as a giant spider monster. But there's no way you get that first one done if you also happen yeah. to be a giant spider monster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to charm people, be diplomatic, do this and that hobnob all, you know all that shit is a giant spider monster i just i just think it's difficult maybe you can switch back who knows i hope so like what happens if you go home to your wife and like you know when you left yeah. you're a man in a purple robe and then yeah. you come back and now you're a spider monster you're like sorry honey yeah i mean i i told you that this is my last resort i told you this might happen <laughs> one day oh my god honey you have so many eyes and they're on your arms and legs that's it But I find uh, one of the prerequisites for being a Resident Evil humanoid villain is you have to be good at obtaining samples. Oh, that is a theme that is goes throughout the whole series. You got to get that sample, 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 sample. Obsessed with samples. Yeah, and he's no different. He he's got this 
purple vial that's a sample of all this stuff that he mm-hmm. took back from uh, from Ada and from Krauser, and he doesn't want you to have it because I, I guess you're going to use it to make a vaccine against these things. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, you're now fighting him kind of on this this platform that's also on the, the same island, and uh, I liked this fight only because there were parts you could run to and pull a lever and slam into him with like construction gear. Uh, I'm a sucker yeah. for that. If I can use the environment to do the last fight yeah, in some yeah. way, that's that's always good with me. That makes it feel like a little more cinematic. A little, you know, it's not just a, a quick time event. It's not just uh, I use my rocket launcher like I do for every other fight. Although that is what you do. That is um, as uh, as Logan mentioned before, you do get a second rocket launcher here. Ada kind of comes to the rescue and throws a rocket launcher for you to use if you don't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that it point, is the Resident Evil game. That's what happens at the end of most Resident yeah. Evil games. Of course, hey, take yeah. the rocket launcher, kill the thing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what you do. And you'd think the game is over because it's a Resident Evil game. You've taken down the giant spider monster cult leader. Uh, you've <laughs> saved the president's daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, and I don't, I don't mind this in a lot of games, but here it just really felt unnecessary and out of place. There's an yeah. escape segment where, you know, it is like, oh, well, you know, thanks for killing this guy. I took the sample from you. Sucks to be you. Here's my helicopter I'm escaping in. Uh, by the way, you have three minutes to go before this base explodes. And she flies away yeah. after throwing you keys to a nicely placed um, mm. jet ski that you have to now use to get you yourself and the president's daughter off. She could have taken you in the helicopter, but she will not do that. Instead, she's making you escape by running back through parts of the the map, which is not hard. The actual escape to the jet ski is not, not difficult at all. But the jet ski, in the scheme of things, is not a difficult section. You're just basically no, no, no. aiming this jet ski through a, a corridor, trying to dodge, you know, the ceiling falling down or other things that are there. Uh, but it, nothing else in the game is like this. There's no other section where you are driving any sort of vehicle. The closest would be that that that, that boat uh, in in the first mm-hmm. section, the fishing boat. And even that is like you're just pushing directions. You're not really doing much. Yeah. Uh, I died more on exiting that segment of the game than the rest of the game put together. Really? Oh. Oh boy, yeah, that seems super out of place, um, and it doesn't control very nice either. Mm-hmm. Not at all. No, it, it's, no. I, I, I think it's like it's it's just like with the Krauser thing. This game sticks to what it's what it's predominantly given you throughout. It's it's wonderful, but you know, it, it when it tries to deviate here and there and give you something a little different, it kind of if it, it kind of falls flat. Definitely the the Krauser part and this is is the the. Maybe it's only really the two things I could could brag on. I, they're not ruinous, but I could no. I definitely I'm not having I'm not having fun with it. I don't know how that idea got through. Well, it, it honestly, like it was pretty quickly thrown together. I think somebody was like, you know what I like the end of Metal Gear Solid. Let's do that because yeah. that's what it felt <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 again, yeah. as Billy said, I think this and and Krauser are really the low points in the game, but they still aren't bad. Yeah. Like these are not mm-hmm. game breaking segments. No. I think as a whole. Uh, Resident Evil 4, again, I've grown to like the first handful of Resident Evils, but yeah. on its own, like there's, this does not surprise me that this is the one Resident Evil that, that clicked with me, and I played all the way through it, and I liked it enough where I was like, you know what, I'd play this again on another system, not just on the Wii, I'd play this again on the PS4, and I, you know, I, I think, much like how we said for Silent Hill, if you're going to play a Silent Hill, I'd say play Silent Hill 2, for Resident Evils, while I haven't played the new, new remakes that they put out, maybe the original and, and second Resident Evil remakes might take the place. But up until then, if I was talking about the original six Resident Evils, I'd say this is the Resident Evil to just pick up and play if you've never played a game in this series. Mm-hmm. 
it uh, it's definitely the, the easiest to pick up and play. Mm-hmm. Um, the old the first the first three Resident Evils, uh, maybe even the first four, they they were tough to get into and play. They were like actual you know hard and uh, kind of a hardcore gaming experience. But this one made it more friendly to newcomers. It um, it was flashier. I I would probably say the same. If I was recommending recommending a game to your everyday gamer, I would tell them to play Resident Evil Four. Yeah, and, and especially you know someone that you knew couldn't probably wouldn't stand the 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 old control schemes or anything like that, or or didn't like a little bit slower of gameplay. Uh, this is it's it's definitely like it, it's it's weird to say that the the entry point I would put people at in the series is the fourth. Um, but it would definitely be for this one, you know, try this one out. And if, if they're interested in the lore and whatnot, then maybe go back. Uh, but this, this game, I have always been, I I've enjoyed the game, but I'm, I'm super fascinated. And I, I feel like I keep reading different shit about like the, the making of this game and how mm-hmm. it was just so different. And it, part of what it used to be ended up getting spun off into being devil may cry eventually. And there was like a fucking ghost at one point with a hook hand that chased you around. I mean, we talked about with Silent Hill 4 how well ghost characters work out. So it seems like this this game went through a lot before you you ended up with this. It definitely did. Um, yeah, about, about the guy with the ghost hand and uh, it being Devil May Cry 1. Like, it just seems like they were trying to... They immediately decided they were going to do something with Resident Evil. And uh, this is what they kind of ended ended up with mm-hmm. through uh, trial and error, right? But uh, it turned out to be a success. Yeah, it's, uh, and, I believe and it's the second highest selling Resident Evil game to this day. Sure, and I mean it's and obviously they they liked what they had here because five, um, hell, it, it ratchets up the <laughs> the action even more. Um, five, yeah. five is five is basically a fucking Schwarzenegger film. Um, definitely with 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 yeah with enemies from Resident Evil series within um, heavy heavy action. So obviously the people took real well to this, and I can see why. Um, because it's it's one of those games. I don't play it every year like I do um the, uh, several of the Silent Hill games, but this is the one when I want to play a Resident Evil game. I will go back to, um, and. I've bought a mini thing, and you can't go wrong. Whatever you buy it on, I, I heavily. If you have the the have an Oculus, I definitely recommend that version of it. We we touched on it early on, but it is incredible. Um, it changes the way you play. It's a whole new experience. Um, and yeah, I, I this is one of those games where I underestimate just how much damn mileage I've gotten out of it over the. And you know what? And just when you're getting bored with it, I'd love... Are you guys fans of that Mercenaries mode at all? Love it. I think it's great. It's it a is. Lot of fun. It, yeah. And it's... There's just so much to damn do. And honestly, once you the get that... The characters were fun. The they different were. characters were a lot of fun. It was fun being able to play as Wesker. Even yes. though those characters didn't fit into the storyline of the actual game itself, yeah, they were yeah. fun to play in Mercenaries mode. They were. Yeah, and... My favorite thing to do in this game is just unlock that that unlimited ammo Chicago typewriter oh, and just yeah. and go out there and write a lot of wrongs really quick. <laughs> you got to unlock the mafia suits as well. 
Yes. And they go they go yes. really well with the Chicago typewriter. They do. And <laughs> I, I can't tell you, it's no challenge any longer. But you, I guarantee you'll play through the game another five or six damn time. Try try it on the professional mode one time. There's less mm. ammo, more people. It's a good playthrough. Play mm. it when you're feeling confident about it. Um, mm. Did you guys have, what was your favorite gun in the whole game? Do you guys have a favorite I mean, gun? Aside from my one-shot rocket launcher that I would say is my <laughs> the secret to my success at the harder parts of the game. Honestly, in these kind of games, um, I normally don't go rifle. I normally would be a shotgun guy, but it, because this has mm. that aim that's so well done, and because of the fights with the progenitor or the uh, regenerators where you need that rifle, the rifle became my go-to. If I had bullets mm. for it, I was using that rifle nonstop. Mm-hmm. And for I, me, it's yeah. a blacktail. Oh, like the blacktail yeah. pistol, mm-hmm. it just handles so nicely. And then I think mm-hmm. eventually you get thirty-five shots in it, and uh, yeah, just good at critical hits. It's good stopping power. Mm-hmm. I, I like me a good pistol in a game in a game like that, and in, in, in a like zombie-like game, we'll call yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I I I am a shotgun man when I can pick them up in games like these. And I fuck, I think that riot, the riot gun, I think was 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 my was the gun the gun I had the most fun using at least. You know, I, I'm I'm rolling out the, the Chicago typewriter, um, but yeah, I love shotguns on these. I like the capability of taking down um, few enemies, killing one, and and you know probably knocking down another two or three. It, it's really useful, especially those times where your back's against the wall. And you you fucked up, and now you got a crowd after you. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty good for for crowd control. Definitely, that thing shoots far. The riot gun, yeah. when you I, it, it, it has it has more range than it has any right to have. Yeah, can we definitely. give can we give an, an honorable mention? And as we're sitting here recording this, um, <laughs> your icon is this the one of the most <laughs> grisly fucking deaths in any video game um, is when you. Uh, have an unfortunate uh, tussle with the uh, the old chainsaw man, Doctor Salvador. His name is. He, he lops your damn head off. Yeah, in, in the in the most graphic. I mean, you know, getting your head cut off with the chainsaw is graphic anyway. But they found some way to just make it downright filthy. Funny it, fact about that: in Japan, uh-huh. completely edited. There is no decapitations whatsoever in the game in Japan. Wow. On you or on the the. The Granados. When you shot them, their heads did not explode. They just died. So what's he do? Just hit you with the chainsaw? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's off each of the flat. Blunt end. <laughs> <laughs> chainsaw whipped. But no, it is. It is. I, I still. It, it, it stuck with me. Because uh, you can see the light fading out of Leon's eyes as this chainsaw lops through his fucking neck. It is just the grittiest death. I think I've ever seen. It's a great, in, it's a great cutscene. It's a yeah, great cutscene for sure. It's it runs neck and neck with the Dead Space Two, the the eye scene, um, death. Oh on yeah, the, those one. are neck and neck for just the nastiest thing. We, and it's almost out of place in this game because I mean, there's blood. I mean, you're shooting things, you're busting heads up, but I I feel like it has kind of a an, an unrealistic fashion to it. Still, the violence in this game it's kind of over the top. But damn, yeah. yeah, whoever whoever programmed this in, keep an eye on them. Kudos, yeah, kudos they, at the same time. Yeah, they've got dark. They've got a dark place within them. 
Let's just hope they keep just using it on video games. Those uh, guys in the in the castle with the claws, they also have the ability to, to decapitate you. Mm. And they do. <laughs> oh, they do. Well, I think I think Resident Evil 4 kind of hits the sweet spot to where it yes, it's not horror, but there are segments that are intense and there are segments that yeah. are um, you know, specific enemies that do still kind of hit those buttons that the original mm-hmm. Resident Evil's hit. Uh, Resident Evil 5, as was kind of mentioned, is more mm-hmm. action. It's even more action. I played through Resident Evil 5. It's designed to be played with two players. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's got that more run and gun feel. There's there's segments where I felt like I never ran out of bullets. Like I, I was just no. constantly just no. mowing down guys. There was never a concern of not having ammo. Uh, it, it, it still kind of hits the horror thing, but it, even less than this game does. And then Resident Evil Six, which I have actually not played myself uh, because no one has a good thing to say about it, is apparently even more just straight up action uh, than I five. I highly was. recommend you don't play Resident Evil. That's yeah, kind of what I heard. You won't... As a big fan of the series. Don't play that one. Yeah, you won't get you won't get any kind words from me out of it. I mean, it, it, the problem with these other games is just no merchant. He's not there. You left him on the island. Well, he I, he's yeah. got red eyes. I think Probably he belongs on an island. Yeah, he's got red eyes, but you know he's he's friendly enough. Damn it, what he you, was there. He was there for me when I needed him. What do you speculate his first name is? Just at, off the top of your head, Marvin. I don't know. Al. Al. I'm going to say Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. Mm. <laughs> mm. What are you buying? Oh. Reggie! <laughs> well, surprisingly, after we picked this game, much like for Silent Hill 4, we talked about Silent Hill, all of a sudden there was a big Silent Hill media event. Uh, we mentioned that we were going to do Resident Evil 4 internally. And then all of a sudden, Capcom had a Resident Evil uh, event where they talked about how they're doing a, a remaster of Resident Evil 4 and it looks really pretty. I think it looks gorgeous. I think they absolutely nailed the horror aesthetic in it and mm-hmm. just it looks great and honestly going when I when they first announced it a couple months ago I was like you know what like this is a game that genuinely doesn't need a remake. Mm-hmm. Upon that viewing last week of that video I'm all gung-ho for it and it's like Resident Evil 4 is coming out anew again. I'm super excited. I'm like a kid. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, and I, I, I am also all for it. I, I'm kind of at the opposite spot as I am at the beginning of the episode where we talked about all the Silent Hill stuff coming out. I mean, Resident Evil has has kind of reinvented itself, reinvigorated itself, and they're they're at a point right now. Um, ever since Seven, about where they they have all all my goodwill. Uh, they're doing I, I good. Like they're, they're they're hot. Good. They are hot right now. I don't think they're going to fuck up with this. I don't think this is where it's going to cool down. Um, yeah, and I and I think they they understand the it, this is a favorite. This is a, a crowd. I, actually, I was very disappointed <laughs> uh, when I saw that Resident Evil Eight was was titled Village. I, I was I was holding out hope <laughs> that was that was a sly Resident Evil Four remake itself. Um, so yeah, it's it's great that this is coming out i am just in a completely different place mentally over this than i am the silent hill news i i'm excited it looks good but i'm i'm gonna tell you i i'm sure this is gonna be good but the original just that just because the fucking a a flashy remake is coming out the original still deserves any any time you want to put into it 
fact, I, I would recommend play if you haven't played it yet, play through the original first. I then, it's go, a, it's a, then go through. It's a great like Halloween game. I know it's not mm-hmm. Halloween themed, but like it's mm-hmm. it's a fairly short enough game. You can get through it yeah. in a, like an evening set sitting. Yeah. If you it's, haven't it's played always, it, go play mm-hmm. the original Resident Evil Four. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 perpetually on sale on whatever console you're on, and yeah. it's it's definitely there. There's a new one coming, but but damn it, prep a little bit. You're, you're listening to a retro game podcast. We, Burger Champ saying. He has mm-hmm. it on his iPhone, so. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I don't know. I don't. Hell, that's dedication. That's more like dedication old, than I have. An old iPhone as well. I remember it came ooh. out like maybe like four years after it got released, but yeah, it's a pretty clunky version. But yeah, you can get it anywhere. It's gonna be the new Doom in twenty years. We'll be playing it on refrigerators and shit. But it, it's kind of the opposite situation with. You know the Silent Hill Two remake. Uh, I would say definitely play the Silent Hill Two original, but good luck finding it. It's very expensive, yeah. and those remasters yeah. are not great. Uh, where this not game either. is available on everything, and yeah, like Billy said, it's on sale all the time. I think I bought it on PS4 for ten dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was not even on a crazy sale. It was just like, yeah, it's ten bucks. Why not? So yeah. yes, I would say you could wait for the remake, but this is one that plays really well on uh, pretty mm-hmm. much any console you're going to buy it on. And it's pretty affordable, and there's no reason not to play it. If you haven't played a Resident Evil uh, 4, is an, an easy starting point to see if you like what the series offers before it goes mm-hmm. way too actiony, or you know, you go backwards and play it a little more clunky. So, give it a shot. that's our thoughts on resident evil 4 uh yet another year we've covered resident evil in the silent hill i don't know what we're going to do next year because we've kind of hit the apex of both uh both series so we'll see if we continue that trend we've 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 got a little more silent hill we've got just a little we got a little more we well we're gonna go down that hole eh We, we will see if that happens. Some of it depends on what I can find to play things on. I do know that I think the next Silent Hill game was a PSP game. So we'll see. We'll see what we can get to. Uh, but that's all the way till next year. But you've got so much time. You have 11 more months where you're thinking, guys, not only do I want to hear about the games you're going to be talking about, but I have a question that I need you to answer. And so the way mm. you would do that is you'd go to Retrovania.net. At the bottom of the page, after you go through all our social media links and links to YouTube and everything else, there is a section where you can send a question to us. And normally, we would now spend the rest of the show answering your questions. But as Jeremy is still out, and he is the the the, the person who gets all the mails and sorts through the mails and reads them out, mm-hmm. uh, we still don't have any listener mail. It means to guarantee you in December, uh, well, I don't guarantee, I would assume if Jeremy's back by December that we will have a giant mail episode where we go through 2,000 questions. But... For today, we've just got two. I've got one that we got off of Patreon, uh, which is something that I handle. So uh, again, if you like this show and you want more episodes, you can always join our Patreon. Uh, and then if you send us a question, we will definitely answer it because uh, you're paying us to do so. So, so we will definitely answer that one. All right, this came in from Ben B, who I know has asked us questions before, but he sent this one over on uh, on our on our Patreon, and I did not read it at the time. So I'm going to read it out now, uh, and hopefully he's listening. Uh, good day, Jeremy's and Billy, and Logan in this mm-hmm. case. I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Now that the iPod has been discontinued, I was thinking, what was the first MP3 player you guys purchased, and what was the first full album you put on there? 
Mine was a 16 gigabyte Creative Zen X-Fi style I purchased in 2010 and is still working perfectly. The first album I put on it was Boingo Alive by Oingo Boingo. Cheers, Ben. Yeah, uh, man, I used to love those old <laughs> MP3 players because they had so much fucking personality to them. They looked so different. All of them. I remember my first one. Um, I got the, it was creative, creative labs, uh, nomad jukebox. And this thing, uh, storage wise monster. I, I, I think it, it, it had more than like my first several, uh, iPods I had over the years that followed. Um, I had it. And ah, as far as whole albums, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I do know, um, at the time I got it, the first thing I remember listening to when I got home, uh, I had Wu-Tang on it first. Um, and I think it, it would have to be time, I think, would add up to where it'd be the Wu-Tang Forever album. Something off of it. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a great, great player. And still, yeah, much like he said, it's still running today. I It's one of those electronics that you find every now and then you forget you had it and you're like oh cool this thing let me plug it in and mess around with it for a little bit and then you lose it again and then like two years later you find it again and you go through that whole thing it keeps turning up it's lost right now but i'll be reaching into a drawer one day or or, or a box and i'll pull it out again and, and be all wistful um you know for the time that you, you had to carry two devices on you a phone and and an mp3 player uh, but kudos to them for it, for it being an early MP3 player. It was not the size of a brick. Uh, it, it was pretty decent size to it. But yeah, I, damn, I love that. I'm going to have to go hunting for it. I think the first thing I ever got was actually a mini disc player from Sony before I got an MP3 mm. player. And I remember that failing big time because the mini discs were so goddamn expensive. You could fit mm -hmm. like 100 songs on them. But they were like a hundred bucks a pop, and like you know, yeah. as a kid, you're not gonna have parents that buy you things for a hundred dollars a pop usually. Mm -mm. Um, I, I don't know what music I'd be putting on it at that time. Probably, you know, I was in high school, and uh, probably just some good old Nirvana, some grunge, mm. some Beastie Boys, mm -hmm. just a bunch of that stuff, and uh, probably started getting into playing Final Fantasy around them, so probably had some, some Final Fantasy tunes on there, of course, like I always have playing. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say that's about me for the MP3 players. I am a, a late... Uh, I, I don't pick up on technology uh, when it first comes out, which is surprising, since I work in technology and also, um, you know, our podcast about video games, and we talk about current video games as well, but uh, the i I had an iPod Mini, silver iPod Mini, but I didn't mm -hmm. get it until, mm -hmm. oh God, probably the middle of the like 2007, 2008. I didn't have a, a single MP3 player that was out in its own. I had Win, you know, uh, Winamp or something on my computer for a few things, but I didn't have a lot of things in MP3 because I didn't have a way to to easily burn down my current music that I had because mm -hmm. I bought a ton of stuff. Uh, down to, to MP3. And at that time, I didn't have a turntable that would burn records down. So I didn't have a lot of those things. And I felt... Uh, so I have no qualms at, at the time about downloading a band that was huge, right? Because I was like, eh, they have their own money. But anything that was smaller, I felt bad downloading music because I've 
I had spent my own money at that point putting out albums that nobody bought, and therefore I was like, oh man, I feel bad. I want to support those bands. I felt like I shouldn't be, you know, stealing that music. It's the one of the dumbest things, I guess, because it ends up where no one really cares. I mean, you you wouldn't steal a car, would you? I would. Uh, actually, I have no qualms about a car, <laughs> but I did about music. Uh, but but what I do remember is I find when I finally got this used mini, iPad Mini from somebody, the first thing I put on there was like I only had a handful of things that were on MP3, and a lot of them I got from my brother. But because they were free and given out by the artist, I felt like I, I had these. The first thing I put on there was a collection of all the mini bosses tracks I could find, the mini bosses band. Because mm. at that time, there weren't a million bands playing, uh, you know, cover songs of bands. Now there's plenty of them. I, there are some in, in my the Baltimore, the city I live near, uh, that, that has their own versions of all these bands. But at that time, I'd never heard anything quite like that. And I thought they were incredible. And I remember grabbing that. That was the whole reason I wanted this used iPod, was so I could get these mini bosses tracks and put them in my car <laughs> without having to burn it down down to a CD, which is how I had them in my car before and, and, and a book full of CDs that I stored underneath the seat. So I was excited to get that just to put mini boss stuff on there. But now I have no such problems. Now I have, you know, uh, no one really has an iPod anymore because they don't support them. But, you know, my phone has 10 million songs on it or whatever. And, and if I'm in my car now, if you have Apple Music, you can just stream whatever you want forever. So it works out. I don't, I don't need to buy anything uh, unless it's a band I've seen in person. Then I will buy their stuff because I'm there and supports them. But uh, it, you know, that's a neat question. I didn't think about MP3 players in forever because I've just had them. And I'm like, you know, I didn't have one until later. I didn't have a cell phone until maybe 2002. I mean, I didn't have uh, all these things that everyone else would have been like, yeah, why would you have that? I, I never had a pager. Do you guys have a pager? You know, I, um, I, for my job, I never had one, but you know, as a kid, it's like a pool is fucking until you actually have one for your job. <laughs> That's and awful. Like, it's like your mom being able to call you at any point in time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's inescapable. You're like, this is a, and it's like, there's so many steps involved. Like it, it, it's better <laughs> to call directly. It's a middleman. It's an unnecessary middleman nowadays. Um, I'm always shocked when I work on an assignment and first day there, they hand me a pager. It's like, aren't we being, do you, uh, put the pager in your pocket or do you like, do you tie it to your belt? Like a pager should be tied. Uh, well, I, I, I don't usually carry it on my person. I keep it nearby. Um, okay. but, but if I'm out and about, I put it in my pocket and that's out of shame of being seen with it. I'll tell you um, where I put the pager that they give me from work. Hey, hey, it's not that, it's, hey, it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> That's for Retro Rain X After Dark. After Dark. When do we get started, guys? Uh, well, you know, we can get started <laughs> right now uh, because I believe you had a question. As soon as, soon as we stop recording. Yes. Yeah, so once we hit, on, once we turn off the recording function on this, we can talk about any place we hide anything we want to talk about but uh, i know you had sent jeremy a question i believe before he was out uh, but since you're actually here logan why don't you just ask us your question directly and we can answer it absolutely not see you guys um, <laughs> all yeah, right absolutely. it's been fun uh <laughs> um so yeah i uh, i actually asked a completely relevant question um i was wondering what your guys's uh favorite silent hill monster was as well as your favorite resident evil monster oh man it's with with Silent Hill monsters. It's it's tough, um, and you honestly you have to stick within the early game because I, I feel like those those later games they're very uninspired for the most part. 
Um, and Pyramid Head's a little too easy. I, I would almost have to rule him out. Um, because obvious, obviously, and I, I like the... And this is... I like the Silent Hill 5, which is Homecoming. I'm sorry, Homecoming. The nurses from Homecoming. And yeah, I don't know if that's cool. because Homecoming, you know, had a big graphical jump up, you know, mm. since from the others. I, I just thought they were really detailed. I thought they, they came off as a lot more kind of threatening. Uh, they, they were always sort of a mindless kind of enemy. Um, but I, I felt they had a little more threat to them um, in, in, in Homecoming. Um, but with Resident Evil, it, it's tough because there's that's one when I look back, I there's not those first few games, there's not a ton of variety, but I honestly There's some monumental ones though. Well, there are some monumental ones. I don't think I'm gonna go monumental though. I, I think I'm gonna go with what made the most impact on me, and it's yeah, from the first one, and it's very basic. And it's the two first ones you meet when those fucking dogs jump yeah. through the window and and all of a sudden gain the distinction of being the first thing in a video game uh, that made me go from from sitting to standing. Um, it, it, it was incredible. Uh, not the best looking enemies by far. Um, honorable mention to the first zombie you see on there that gets a full cut scene. That guy uh, is monumental. Before he comes after you, that just made an incredible impact on me. But those first two enemies, and, and the series, there are much more complex enemies, there are much more nicer looking enemies, um, but there are none at the end of the day that, you know, I, I have such, uh, such well, fond now. They were frightening then, but such fond memories tied to, other than just madly running from those dogs. And, and just for that reason alone, they, they've earned a soft spot. Uh, you know, for, for Silent Hill, I can't think of like any, I mean, the nurses are the obvious, like mass, you know, characters that before you see a bunch you, of. Before you answer that, let's uh, wait till, till Retrovaniacs after dark before you answer the rest of that question. Okay? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, you know, the Silent Hill enemies that the dogs that we just talked about in Silent Hill four, I thought were mm. neat because they look like kind of like cadaver dogs sort of and i yeah. thought they were kind of neat um the the i don't know what they're supposed to be they're in the again in silent hill 4 when you're in the prison they kind of look like those those they're large and plump and they have these big oh, like yeah. white masks on them and they kind of mm-hmm. i don't know what they're supposed to be because all the things in silent hill have terrible names so mm-hmm. uh, those yeah. those i think were the most rem- like remarkable mem- enemies from that game and the previous ones i mean obviously other than pyramid head uh i think a lot of them weren't didn't stand out kind of on purpose i like that they didn't stand out they were kind of uh i didn't think they were boring but it was like everything was terrifying so you just run for everything right so i didn't mind that i didn't you know there's 100 nurses great you know or whatever they were so i'm gonna go with those things whatever those those kind of big plump demon things were in four um as far as resident evil again i just played this so it's hard for me to not think about this game but i think those regenerators are my favorite and least favorite enemies i i think they are they're so cool and they're not like anything else in the game and they do feel Mm -hmm. like a throwback 
to to some of the earlier games, especially you know in in the first Resident Evil, you go to that lab section and kind of there's those there's those other stronger yes. zombies and stuff. They're not, that's what this reminded me of. It was a neat throwback. So that, that I'm gonna go with the regenerators for Silent for uh, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice pick, definitely. Um, I'd say they're right up there for me as well. Um, I would probably have to go with Nemesis for Resident Evil. I know that's a, oh, yeah. a bit of a lame pick, but um, I, I love him. I, I love yeah. his uh, his presence in the third game. Um, for Silent Hill, I think I'm going to go with that, that twin victims from Silent Hill 4. The thing with oh, two heads. Yeah. And they just walk towards you with their giant hands. They're creepy. Mm-hmm. They're clunky. Mm-hmm. Another one that I've always liked was also in Silent Hill 4. The ghosts. Just the normal ghosts. How they're like bodies hanging at a weird like level just like weirdly floating to you and uh yeah no i enjoyed them as well and we weren't big fans of the guys like monsters i like monsters all around i'm a big monster guy well i have no idea if nemesis is cool as that's one of the resident evils i'd never played so maybe we'll talk about that next year if we cover resident evil uh three nemesis uh, but we guess you'll have to find out uh, next year. But until then, we have 11 months of non-horror games for the most part, including something that we're somehow going to tie to Christmas this year. I have no idea what's left that we haven't already covered. Uh, and again, if you like this show, you can find more episodes by joining our Patreon. There's three bonus episodes every month that are not the ones on this feed. Uh, they don't have listener mail. They don't have an introduction. They just go right into the game and finish the game, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes per episode. You know, if you like the show, I guess you want more of it. That's the best way to do it. Otherwise, we're going to talk about non-scary games next month. Uh, In fact, I think we might be trying to find something that's going to be quite the feast for Thanksgiving. And you'll have to listen Mm. to find out what that is. We'll see you next time. And thank you, Logan, for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care, eh?